Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters. Thank you, the ESW, Jay, Brianna Lynn, Daddy Jay, Embers, Fabe, Blossom, William P, Lady, Claire, Jam Today, Mr. N and Mrs. Jess, Mistress Good Girl, Lady Blooding, Six and Eight, Cassie, Primal Empress, Kaze, Harley Gentleman, Roxy, Mistress Francesca, Slut Queenie, Butte Pain, Manda Panda, Cat, Stefan, Brooklyn B, Serenity Deb, Robert, Ruby R, Christopher, Jess, Sam, Kilted Sir. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters will get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. Yeah, so I'm still sick. Yep, and I refuse to let her germs come anywhere near me. So we very much apologize for the lack of our usual high quality sound booth professional mixer. No, we don't have any of that. Uh, well, we do have kind of a sound booth, but we're not using it. <laughs> we have a little spot in my dungeon. Yeah. I call it the recording studio. <laughs> it's made of cardboard and uh, foam oh, mats. <laughs> and, a lot of, and a lot of hot glue. A lot of hot I glue. my hot glue gun. Oh, that thing. I remember the first time when I came over and it was on the floor and there was like strings of hot glue all over it. I pulled strings of hot glue off of my body for weeks. It was ridiculous. (laughs) And then we had to put it up, but it was taller than both of us. So (laughs) it was, (laughs) that was an event. Yeah. Well, everything's taller than me, except for children. True. That's true. And even some of the children are taller than me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's not really that difficult. Like, I think. When I was nine, I would have been taller than you. Probably. Yeah. I'm used to it. Yeah. I remember because my mom is a little bit taller than you and I reached her height at like 11 or something like that. So between you and my mom, I'm always dealing with these short ladies. I, you know, God only grows things till they're perfect. Sorry. Some of us reach that stage sooner than others. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spoken like a narcissist. What? Who said that? <laughs> well, if I'm a narcissist, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you do that when I was taking a sip? Because I'm mean like that. <laughs> I'm already sick. Now you're just trying to kill me. <laughs> I'll give you mouth to mouth. I mean, after you're not sick, because I don't I was going to say, I'm not there. How are you going to do that? Shh, you're giving away all the secrets. Well, we just told them that I'm not there. How is this a secret? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> My <laughs> goodness. She doesn't even pay attention when she talks to her. I, I just got through saying this and she wasn't paying attention. Clearly, she does not pay attention when I speak. Period. 
She should just do this podcast by herself, don't you think? I thought I'd already been accused of that. <laughs> Shh, that was a secret. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god, I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, okay. we, we We've already least. started. I know. Okay, so well, let's get the episode going now. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so serious face. Serious face. Yeah, for five <laughs> minutes. This mm-hmm. episode is another one that was inspired when I was by when I was doing the research for the answer the Reddit questions. Right. Because there was another question posed where someone asked how they could increase their pain tolerance. Okay. I do remember this question. Uh, the one with the belt, right? Yes. Okay. And I hear that a lot. How can I increase my pain tolerance? How can I take more? You know, in other words, how can I improve my skills as a bottom? As a masochistic impact bottom, to be specific, correct? You know, they don't even mention masochism. Like okay. The word, because to them, masochism is about enjoying the pain. They don't necessarily want to enjoy the pain and therefore take more. They somehow feel that they're disappointing their top or dom if they don't take more. They feel like they're not submissive enough if they don't take more. There seems to be this correlation in people's heads between how good of a bottom or submissive you are and how much pain you can handle, which is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So bullshit on that. But didn't we talk in the masochism episode about how just because you can take the pain and you're like, you like the pain, it doesn't necessarily mean that you, that, wait, let me go back for a second. Just because you don't like the pain, it doesn't mean you're not a masochist. If you're doing it for the enjoyment of the other person and you're getting enjoyment from it because the other person likes it, it's still masochism? Well, I think the point of masochism is you enjoy receiving the pain. Now, how you get your enjoyment is what makes That's change. a different story. You mm, may get your okay. enjoyment because you personally enjoy getting the pain. You may get your enjoyment because you see the pleasure on your partner's face when you take all the pain. Got you. Okay. But I thought maybe it would be time to have an episode specifically on how to be a better bottom. Now, I am using the term bottom specifically because how to be a better submissive is an entirely different issue, an entirely different episode. And I think we can add how to be a better submissive to the episode list. Absolutely. But that's, this is that's something be, that's been requested. Yeah. This is specifically going to be about being a bottom. In a scene? In a scene. Because bottoms and tops are scene specific, dominant and submissive are relationship specific. Now, you can be both a submissive and a bottom in a scene. You can be a dominant and a bottom in a scene. How's that for blowing your mind? Mm, Not for me, because remember the time at your house when we had a party, there was a person who is a patron and he will recognize himself if he's still listening. He better be. No, (laughs) this this one actually does listen. Uh, But he said, I don't normally bottom for scenes because I'm normally a dom. And I went. So, yeah, 
And he went, Oh, yeah, you're right. I was like, mm-hmm. think of it as an experience that you may or that you're bottoming for that you may want to top for later for your lovely wife. And he goes, All right, good point. And he got on my table and he bottomed for Electro. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So your bottoming for a scene has absolutely nothing to do with your role as a submissive or a dominant or a switch or none of the above. You could bottom for a scene and identify as neither dominant nor submissive. Exactly. Or switch, because maybe you just don't like DS. It's not your kink. So when people ask me, how can they be a better bottom? A lot of times, I think they're really talking specifically just about pain. Like, how can they take more pain? How can they last longer in a scene? But as far as I'm concerned, and you as a regular top can tell me if you agree or disagree, when Mm -hmm. I think about being a better bottom, it is about so much more than just your pain tolerance. It's about knowing yourself, knowing what works for you and what doesn't, about working on improving your communication skills, recognizing triggers, so much more than just about pain. Girl, I could tell you so many stories about this. That's why we have a podcast. Tell stories. Lots of stories. Like I, I, I'm not entirely sure where to fit this in, okay. but I definitely have stories All right. about what I specifically look for in a good bottom. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we'll fit it in somewhere. I, I have no doubt. When I first became a part of the BDSM community, I did my research. Well, as you do. before Yeah, before I even joined it, because I kind of got interested in being kinky, and I did research for like two years before I finally joined FetLife, and I consider my official kinky date anniversary when I joined FetLife, which was <laughs> April, April of 2016. That's adorable. Thank you. Sorry, that's why it's 2015, April 2015. And I wanted to try to learn more about the lifestyle and so that I could be, you know, safe and figure out what I liked, what I didn't like. And the first thing I learned all about was SSC. Safe, sane, and consensual. It's pretty much what we all learn when we first start. It's, it's like your basic beginner tenant. Right? And it makes sense when you're a beginner. I want to be safe. I don't want to do the crazy shit. See how good that worked out? Hey, hey, you know, we'll we'll get in a minute why I'm no longer SSC. (laughs) Thank you for setting me up for that. Well, we we did already talk about that in previous episodes. Well, you know, there are those strange people who don't listen to episodes in order. I don't understand it. Who the hell does that? Why? But somebody who may just be, maybe this is their first episode with us. And they listen okay, to true. this, and then they go, oh, my God, these two, I love them. And then they They're go They're so awesome. Right. They know so much. Uh, so for you who are just now tuning in, uh, we're fantastic. You should go back and listen to all of our previous episodes. In fact, we have episodes on SSC and all the other stuff that goes with it. So listen to that. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> um, you know, and then, of course, consent. People need consent. Kind of like Absolutely. the cornerstone of what we do. It's right. kind of like, if you don't have that, you can't do BDSM, really. Yeah. So here I am as a brand newbie to the lifestyle. I'm identifying as a submissive and a bottom. And in my head, I thought like, okay, so the the dom, the top is in charge. 
Like they right. know everything. They understand everything. And it's their job to look out for me and keep me safe. Dar, you, you, can't to- see, you can't see the look Dar is giving me right now, guys. <laughs> I was like, do you want me to comment on that? Well, was I correct, Dara? <gasps> no. In a way, yes, but it, it's it's too simple. It's it's an oversimplification mm-hmm. of what it really is. Yes, the Dom is technically in charge. Yes, the Dom is technically responsible for the scene, but that does not negate or I should say top it does not negate the bottoms or the subs, whoever it is, responsibility as well. Ding, 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 ding. Exactly. Right? Because ultimately, the reality is nobody knows you better than you. So that's why it is your job to keep you safe. That's why we talk about communication all the time. That's why we talk about negotiation all the time. That's why we talk about safe words all the time. All of these together, wrap it up. That's what you need mm-hmm. in order to keep yourself safe. Right. And the more you understand yourself, the better of a partner you will be. And that is how you become a, a, a better bottom. You know you. And then you communicate that. And that is the very important thing to do to become a better bottom. So the first thing I would recommend is get rid of your of SSC as your philosophy. So those of you who are just joining us, go back and listen to previous episodes because Rara has a big problem with SSC mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. Well, because let's face it, Dar, do you think what I do is safe? Nope. Do you think what I do is sane? Nope. <laughs> but, okay, so again... Pe- a lot of people think I'm insane for what I do. I play with freaking electricity, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people, when I tell them, okay, story time. At the last munch, I took over for Rara because she was sick and couldn't go to her own munch. She tried to. Well, I'd had surgery at 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the afternoon. Didn't even, you know, leave the hospital and come home till. Six and the munch started at seven. Yeah, and I, she wanted to go like from the hospital to the munch. No, crazy. I was trying to think how I could like pull that off. God, I'm so glad you didn't. No, <laughs> I think it was talk my about fear. not safe and not sane. I think my fear of what you would do to me if I showed up is probably what kept me away better than anything. Oh, girl, you would not have made it through the damn door. I would have sicked so many people on you to drag your ass back to your car. And they would have listened to me, too, because then I would have told them exactly what happened and why you were there. And they would have been like, nah, nah, bitch, go. Which is why sane should never be used when it applies, when things apply to me. Of course not. No, we've already established this a long ass time ago. Anyway, back to my story. So at your munch. Okay. So at your munch. I was, uh, I sort of took over as co-host uh, to help Rara out, which was funny because there was a bunch of newbies and they all thought it was you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we look so much alike, yes. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> and uh, there was this, <laughs> there was this woman, there was a group of, of people there and somebody mentioned I do electro when we were talking about it. I probably am the one that mentioned it. And I I pulled out my handy-dandy, trusty, sonic screwdriver-looking acupuncture wand. Because she never goes anywhere without it. 
No, it's in my purse. I take it with me to work now. It's just always in my purse. I've got one in my kit, one in my purse. And I I just walk around with this thing and I pulled it out and I'm like, here, okay, I can try it on you. Let me see your arm. And this one woman freaked out, freaked, basically ran from me. And we're all standing there like, what? What? And she was like, no, I'm so scared of that. I'm so scared of that. Is it going to hurt? I'm like, okay, well, yes, but isn't that like you get beat? Like, why are you crying about this little thing? So finally, long story short, I explained it to her. I did a couple of demos on other people, arm, back of neck, and they all went, ooh, that feels so good. She came around to it. I tried it on her arm. First reaction, oh, oh, this feels good. Oh, I like this. (gasps) Can I try it on my neck? Yeah, turn around, pull your shirt, lift your hair, all that. So I did it on the back of her neck, and she was shaking. She was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. This is in the middle of the freaking restaurant, by the way. And this is the thing. She thought that I was completely batshit crazy for walking around with a piece of electrical equipment to use on people in my purse. She thought everything I do with electricity, batshit fucking crazy. Another guy, same munch. No, I'm an electrician. I under- I've been shocked way too many times. I don't want to touch it. Okay, but not the same thing. Totally different. I can promise you promise you with every fiber of my being it does not feel the same and it's a hell of a lot safer so no and just about every single time a person tries it whether or not they love it or hate it it is not what they think it is and then they're like oh okay maybe you're not that crazy i am possibly not Mm -hmm. sane either for what i do that was the whole point thank you for sharing that with the class i think you're welcome i think that shows exactly why we don't use the word sane because it's a matter of perspective, and what is sane to one person is insane to another. It's super subjective. It's ridiculous, okay? And again, almost everything that we do, especially in a scene, is not necessarily safe. Mm-hmm. Which is why you need to be risk aware. You need to understand before you consent to anything, you understand the risks that you were taking and what could happen worst case scenario what could happen and that way when you agree to something if things go wrong you're not going to blame the top because you knew it was a possibility i mean example right i did a birthday scene where i got whipped with a single tail i knew you were going to bring that up okay I was cut. I know exactly which one. Yeah. I was cut. And then on top of that, the cut got infected. Thank God for a good roommate who didn't mind putting medicine on my ass and bandaging it up because I couldn't reach it. (laughs) But that's the one that you actually still have the scar on your ass, right? I do have a scar from it, right? Mm -hmm. Guess what? I knew that was a possibility. I'm playing with a single tail, actually breaking the skin, and then an open wound getting infected, and all of that potentially leaving a scar is the risks. That I was aware of. And I was not never upset at the top that that happened. It happened. Shit happens, folks. And when you play the way I play, shit happens. People tell me, you, you, I've got scars on my ass. I'm like, yeah, I know. I understand. I break my skin on a regular basis. Scars are going to happen. The more you understand the risks 
before you accept them, the better of a bottom you will be. Yep. I tell people all the time, are you okay with having marks on your skin from the electricity? They are literal electrical burns. Mm -hmm. And depending on the skin type, they may not go away for a little bit. Right. The other one that I personally follow is personal responsibility informed consensual kink. And the reason I take personal responsibility informed consensual kink over rack is because, again, I want to make sure that I am being as responsible as possible for what is happening in a scene. The more responsibility I take on, the better it is for everybody. That means I am responsible for communicating with my top. I am responsible for being aware of the risks. Also, you just like a good prick. Well, yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, people that don't like pricks. They, they like pricks. They just might not like real pricks. They might like these synthetic pricks. I mean, there's people who seriously just don't like pricks. Okay. I can accept that. Yeah. They're entitled. Just means more for me. Because, <laughs> right, it's all about me. <laughs> of course, princess. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Do you have any, like, personal, like, where, why did you switch to prick, actually? So, uh, kind of wanted to figure that one out. Right. Like, because you were rack for a long time. Yeah. Well, I think it really came down to when I started changing up how I used my safe words. Okay. Because I wanted to better communicate to my tops when I was doing a scene. Because... The more intense my scenes got, the more it became important that my tops have all the information so that they could make the more information. Let me say this again. The more information you have, the better your choices and decisions, right? Mm -hmm. So that also includes when I'm the bottom and receiving stuff. The more information my top has, the better ability they have to make decisions like whether or not they need to stop whether or not that they can keep going where they're hitting me how hard they're hitting me so i changed to prick when i started to um give more information when i safe word it and safe word is not just red folks okay safe word means you're using green that's that's part of the safe word system you're using yellow that is absolutely part of the safe word system Absolutely. Um, and then red is the final one that makes it stop. But when I started being more specific with yellow, so I would tell my top, um, yellow with that toy. So they knew I'm good to keep going, but we need to switch toys. Or um, yellow in that spot. So again, we can keep going and you can keep going with that toy. Just avoid that spot for a little while. That spot is had enough for now. Isn't that what you call same damn spot? Yes. No. Same damn spot means you're going to keep hitting in that same damn spot, but sometimes you need to give that spot a break. Oh, got you. Because when you hit, when you are hitting somebody and you move it around, it makes it easier for the body to process and accept the pain. When you keep hitting uh -huh. in that same damn spot, you're going to reach your limit faster. Got you. Okay. Because that spot just can't take anymore. So that's when you would say yellow on that spot. Right. And it, okay. it, and again, I might say to them, yellow in that spot, give me a couple minutes for it to process and you can come back to it. Or I might say yellow in that spot, we need to just avoid that spot. 
for like the rest of the night. Okay. And because at that point I knew myself well enough and I knew how I responded to pain and different things, I was able to share that information. I was able to tell them that I know that spot is not coming back tonight. It's just not got to avoid that. It's reached its limit, you know, and I was able to say to them things like start with study for warm up and go to stingy because I know that's how I will do better. I learned that I do better with a crowd. Yes. Right? Yes, you do. So that if I'm doing a private scene and yes, folks, I do private scenes occasionally, usually when I'm desperate, um, that I'm probably not going to take as much pain. And I set that expectation up before the scene starts. Because if I'm working with a top who has seen me at a party and seen what I can take, they're probably expecting me to take that much. But if it's just the two of us, I will not be able to take that much. I just, I just know myself. And I want to set up the right expectations for the scene. Because if you think about it, if they're, if a top sees that I can take at a level 10 at a party, but now when it's just the two of us, I'm only taking at a level six. I don't want them starting to think that there's something wrong with them, that they're not a good top, they're not a skilled top, an experienced top, that they don't know what they're doing. Otherwise, I, who could take a 10, would be able to. They need to understand that difference, and I'm setting up their expectations, which makes for a better scene. So the communication that you want to have always is setting up your boundaries, Mm -hmm. setting up your risks, and setting up your expectation for what you are going to be able to do in the scene and what everybody should expect from the scene. Yeah. Because again, just like Rara, my scenes are very different in public versus in private. Most of the time, it's actually the opposite effect. The person in public isn't going to do as much as they would do in private, just because the way, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, it's just because the way also what the scene is, and because in a demo situation at a club, it's 20 minutes versus in private, they're like an hour long. Mm -hmm. Huge amount of difference, way different in what I will even do. So like as the top, I will not do certain things. I will not bring out certain implements at a, well, I'll put them on display, but I won't use them in a public scene. For example, no anal plugs at a club. No internal probes at a club. Not going to do it. Don't even, don't even use my TENS unit, which is external. Not going to do it. But in a private one, yeah, all of Uh those are options. So like, everybody has the understanding, the boundary, the expectation, no matter who it is, once you start that scene. And doesn't it make it a better scene for you as the top if you know what to expect? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know, let's, I'll give you an example. Let's say somebody fails to share with you that they tend to cry during a scene. Uh, that that's just their, right? They, they cry during a scene. It's just all that energy gets built up. And for them, it comes out in tears. I would you probably have, freak the fuck right? out. And you have a bottom who now starts crying, which you didn't expect. How would you feel? Horrible. Oh, my God. I would probably freak out. Like I said, like, I'm not like I'm going to automatically assume these are bad things. And the bottom did not tell me that they were in excruciating pain from what I was doing. 
and I'm going to panic. I'm going to mm-hmm. be like, oh my God, I'll stop. I'll read the scene. I'll stop it. I'll start like aftercare, whatever, even if I don't normally. And it's going to be, it's going to be bad news bears all the way around because then the bottom is like, wait, why'd you stop? I'm, I'm ready to go. Their subspace is broken. Their concentration is broken. The scene is broken. I'm broken. No. Mm-hmm. Right. But if they have told you before the scene, by the way, just a heads up, you don't freak out. When the scene gets really good and I am so filled with these endorphins and my adrenaline's going, all this energy comes out in the form of tears. So don't be surprised if you see tears. It's not a bad thing. It actually means the scene is going well. I will. Um, okay. So I will probably check in uh-huh. quietly. Are you green? What's your color? Where are you right now? Give me a number of where you're at right now, just to double check and make sure. Mm-hmm. And if they're giving me, I'm good, I'm gold, I'm green, let's go, I won't keep going. Yeah. Well, that's the difference. I think you you said it perfectly. If they've told you, then you will check in by saying, are you green? You know, or give me a color. So you know, versus if they haven't told you, you're gonna, you are going to call red on the scene. I absolutely 100% will call red immediately. Mm-hmm. Because that would be my first understanding is tears are bad. Mm-hmm. But some people, tears are good. Tears are cathartic. They want to continue with the tears. If I'm told beforehand that that is the point of the scene, I want cathartic tears. Okay, I'll double check on you. Make sure we're still in the same headspace. This is where we're at. Because you can change your mind in the middle of a scene. Mm-hmm. Even if what you wanted was tears, maybe you just wanted like a couple of, you just wanted the tears to start. You don't want to, you know, completely go off the rails and finish crying and sobbing uncontrollably. Or maybe you want ugly cry. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to check. Once it starts, I'm going to check, even if you've warned me, just in case. But the way you, but, the, but you will check versus calling the scene. Yes. Right? That's why that communication from the bottom to the top is so critical. Because imagine, you're having a great scene. You're loving it. It's exactly what you want. And your tops just called the scene because they didn't know that you cried. And that crying for you was a good thing. So right. scene just That's ended. a problem. And now all of a sudden, you've had this great, amazing scene and boof, it's done. Cut cold turkey. No cooling down. No coming out of it gently. Cold turkey. Mm-mm. No, that would actually be detrimental to everybody. Yeah. Everybody's fucked in that scene now, and not the good because kind of in fucked. that sense, if that happens, then the 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 bottom is gonna have all of the drop indoor drop mm-hmm. stuff happen at this, and then we're not in happy tier land; we're in bad tier land, right? All because of a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. And how would you feel if, when that happened, let's say you cut it off, and the bottom looked at you and said, "But it's your responsibility as the top to know this stuff." Hell no, bitch! You did not tell me! It's my responsibility as a top to cut it off when I feel that you are in trouble. It's my responsibility as a top to stop when I, f- when under, in my understanding, all I'm seeing is bad. It is not my responsibility to read your mind and know what your emotional state is if you don't tell me what that emotional state is. Preach no. sister. Hallelujah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is, and this is something that I try. I mean, we've talked about this. We are both switches, but you are a dom top leaning switch and I am a bottom submissive leaning switch, right? Right. I am also in our community. I'm the mom. 
Oh, yeah, you are. Right? You adopt so many new people. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm a person that a lot of new submissives reach out to. They feel safe with me. And then they're really surprised when I look at them and say, you have responsibilities. It's your job to yeah. communicate this. It's your job to tell your top this. You need to be in charge of this. And they're like, but, but, but I'm, I'm submissive. I, I, I'm a bottom. Yeah, but you're still in charge of you, ultimately. Exactly. And if you, and yes, I know, and you look and you go, but there's a power exchange. I've given them my power. Yeah, but you still have to be in charge of you. Earlier, we were talking about what I would look for in a bottom. And that right there, you're still in charge of you. That's it. Uh, So when I'm looking for a bottom for like, say, okay, so for example, our friend T, she is my quintessential bottom for this. I use her for every demo that I can. I use her when I'm teaching. She's brilliant. I've got one or two other people that can do this, but she's one of my top people. Because she communicates incredibly well about how something feels. Now, granted, at most of the time she's doing this, she's literally helping me teach. But I'm not, I can't teach and bottom at the same time. That's just, I can't do both. I cannot top and bottom at the same time here. But what what she does is I tell them, okay, this is how the technique works. She can tell them how that technique feels and how to change it to make it better from the point of view of the bottom, which is what I'm looking for. Now, if I have a bottom without her, it's not her, it's just somebody that I've got. I need that person to tell me exactly how they're feeling. Because when I'm doing an exploratory, everybody's skin is different. Everybody's feeling is different. And Rava, you know this because you've done this with Impact. Mm -hmm. You need your baseline. Yep. The first time you play with somebody, you absolutely need your baseline. So you're not starting out all hard and crazy. You start out gentle. You start out slow. You build had, up. I, and it's funny because I've had that conversation with, with people that I've seen with for the first time who are bottoming for me for impact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll hit them a couple times and I'm like, how's that? And they're like, I, I could so take more. I'm like, okay, well, this is why we're starting this way. This is why I'm asking. I'm not going to, the object is to not start at an eight. Right. And then they you go, start oh, at like a two. too hard and you work your way down. Dar's right. You started at two and work your way up. So like when, let's see that I, I'm just drawing on the memory, like uh, your, your holiday party uh -huh. and you had that brand new person and you were starting. Did that person communicate when you started as a two, did they wait until you asked how was this or did they just automatically tell you? They waited because they were new and right. they were unsure and hesitant, which this is where, yes, this is my job as the top because I took on somebody that I was aware was new. And so my, my level of expectation of them as a newbie was they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And I right. knew that because of the conversations that I had with them before I ever played with them. So that means like people who are listening to this, who have never had any personal experience and they're just listening, they're just researching like you did when mm -hmm. you first joined, just, just learning. Immediately communicate. If we're starting as a, at a two, if the top is starting at a two and you're like, I can take more than that. Don't wait. 
don't wait to tell them that. If they are asking you, fine. If they immediately ask you, fine. But you don't have to wait. Yeah. Just say it. Mm -hmm. And and communicate with them about your experience. And I and honestly communicate. Don't try to make yourself seem like you're more knowledgeable and more experienced than you really are. Because first of all, we'll figure out you're lying. And pretty once, quickly. Once we discovered you lied to us, that colors every um thing we do with you from that point on. I don't like to play with people who don't tell me the truth because if you're going to lie to me about your knowledge and experience, which I will of course figure out you've lied to me, how can I trust you now to be honest with me about what you're thinking and feeling? How can I trust you to call yellow or red when you need to? Trust is just gone. And if you don't have trust, most people will not play with you. The reputable ones. If they can't trust right. you, the reputable tops will not play with you. And you don't want to play with a disreputable top. That's just not going to end well. For anybody. Right? Mm -mm. So, talking about like knowing yourself. Know things like, I can't do bastinado because my job requires me to be on my feet. So, I've done my research. I know what bastinado is. And I know I could not handle impact on my feet because I have to be in my feet. I was going to say, I think you might want to explain exactly what bastinado is for those people who don't know. <laughs> bastinado is basically caning the bottom of your feet. And there are people who love that stuff. And I say more power to you if you love it. I've never topped or bottomed for it. The only time I've ever seen it was on that episode of Handmaid's Tale. Oh, goodness. Yeah, they... they cane the bottom of her feet right. because she tried to run away. Mm -hmm. Understand about bruising and your body because like I had, I would, I always tell my tops what we call in the biz business, business casual for bruises, which means mm -hmm. don't bruise me anywhere that will not be covered by my business clothes. You know, obviously if I'm wearing bikini, not that I do, but if I was, you could see it, but you know, like, my my lower arms you cannot do my my lower legs you could not do the thighs down to a certain point. Um, yeah, I warn people too because I wear a lot of V necks, so you have to be careful where the bruising is, or else for the next two weeks I can't wear any V neck shirts. <laughs> Anybody who wears a skirt, mm -hmm. be careful of your calves. Be careful of your ankles. Right. Be careful of your thighs, like above your knee. Yeah. Which leads me to a funny story of how I learned things the hard way, because that's always the best way to learn it. Of course. Right? So I had bruising on my thighs, which I didn't think twice about. But I get to be totally casual for work. Like, in the summer, t-shirt and shorts I get mm -hmm. to wear for work. And I put my shorts on without thinking about it, because when I looked in the mirror and I stood there, couldn't see the bruises. So I thought I was good. Oh, God. And then you sat down. And then I sat down. And the shorts were Oh, no. And now you can see bruises. Oh, no. Oops. So I spent a oh. huge portion of the day pulling my shorts down every time I sat trying to readjust them. I mean, you can always just tell people you walked into a table. Yeah. How many times can I walk into a table before somebody starts to question what's happening between me and the table? Have you met me? <laughs> yeah, but I don't do what you do. <laughs> Maybe you I mean, can get away with that. I couldn't. No, people have watched me hit tables. 
and trip and fall in the middle of a hallway before. Like, this is my my people, my place of work. They would all be like, yep. No problem. Yeah. My, that seems normal. I, I once had to tell somebody I walked into a doorknob, but you know. Oh, God. Okay. Once again, story time. <laughs> I'm that clumsy person who actually does walk into walls. And one time, this was literally in high school. I was 17 years old, had not even done any kink yet, was just unbelievably clumsy. Still am. Was working at a restaurant that had half walls. I took a, a turn as a server, I took a turn too quickly and I hit the half wall with my upper arm and I had a corner bruise on my upper arm the next week. And I was at school. Somebody said, Oh, that's, um, that's an interesting bruise. How'd you get that bruise? And I said, I walked into a wall, which of course nobody believed. Well, anyway, I had to explain to counselors. Yes, I actually walked into a wall and they said, well, that actually looks like a thumbprint-sized bruise, and uh, we know you have a boyfriend, and it's like, no, I swear to God, I'm just that clumsy. I literally walked into a wall. So, be careful. When you're explaining to people why you have BDSM bruises, if you say, I walked into a wall, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. Unless you're me, and actually do this on a regular basis, and, and people know you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm literally known for taking turns too hard. I hit a t- I've hit tables. I've hit walls. I've hit door jams with my hips. I'm that person. <gasps> if you are not that person, it ain't okay. going to work. So come up with your thing beforehand. So as part of understanding yourself, right? <laughs> the more that you can share with your top, the better it is. So I paid attention to how my body would react after hits, after certain toys, I would ask my top, what toys are you using? So I knew how my body reacted to those toys. I would do an almost an interview with my tops at some point, maybe immediately after while we're doing cleanup or whatever. If it was somebody new, if it was somebody or we were using different toys, I would gather as much information as possible. I would ask my tops, okay, you stopped without my having to use a safe word. What gave it away? I was oh. able to learn my toes. My The tops who knew me, who work with me regularly, would watch my toes. My toes curl. When I am processing pain and it gets hard, and it gets more difficult, my toes curl. The longer my toes stayed curled, that indicated I'm. it was taking me longer to process, which now let them understand either take longer breaks, you know, once the toes start curling, don't do another hit till the toes have uncurled, or it's taking too long, so maybe we need to pull back. The body gives out signals. Fascinating. Right? And so now I can share this when I'm I'm going to be doing a scene with our beloved sire, Don. I will be able to share all this information with him so that he knows because we haven't seen together, so he doesn't know this about me. So how long did it take you to gather all this information? Uh, I'm still gathering it. It never stops. Okay. Because there's always new so that's, toys. That's good to know. Right? There's always new toys coming out that somebody's uh, a top has gotten. This is mm-hmm. this never stops and it never should stop. You should always be asking these questions. Plus, then you can let your tops know about aftercare situations. What what do I what may or I may not need from aftercare? As we all know, I need nothing. Thank you very much. Right. But that's not gonna be the case with everybody. So you learn and you ask 
you know, I learned, that's how I learned I need study to warm up and then you can go back and forth between study and stingy. All of these things are because I took the time to ask my top questions and learn about me. I learned what was normal and what wasn't normal for me. Right? Exactly. And what's normal for you is not going to be normal for everyone else. So you have to do your own data gathering. As the top in most situations, like, you know, we've already established I switch, but I only switch for one person, really. Mostly. I, a lot of people, when they come to me, I say, okay, is there a signal that I can use to, is there something that you do that I can identify uh, if you go nonverbal? Well, I don't go nonverbal. Okay, but have you ever done this particular scene before with with electricity or with whatever? No. Then we're going to have a discussion about what you may do when you're nonverbal. I had a person go nonverbal on me in a pegging scene. And like you ha- you need to even if you don't know if the top notices, you can ask them like Rara did, you can ask them later, what happened? What did I do to make you call the scene? Well, you did this. And I realized that that was a don't go past this point kind of signal. So now I know to say, is there something we can use as a signal in case you go nonverbal? Even if they have no experience going nonverbal before, you never know. It could be that scene. It could be what you're doing. It could be it if they're getting a beat down, but they use a new implement or a new top. It could be literally anything. And that's why the people who sing with me know that if I go nonverbal, you're probably going to want to dial 911. Because <laughs> she's dead. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you talk in your sleep. I don't know. Wait, we need to ask Diesel. Do you talk in your sleep? Because I, you know, there's there's people that they, my brother, nonstop talking all fucking day, and then he talks in his sleep. So if there's no sound... He's probably dead. So I'm assuming that's the same for you. Uh, It may very well be. (laughs) I'll have to ask him. I would love to actually know that answer. Okay, I'll ask him. Uh, I need to know. All right. So as we said, we've talked about understanding what is normal for you. As somebody who is a self-described pain slut or masochist, who also deals with some chronic pain issues, I know what normal pain is for me versus not. And that's beyond just even kink. Like, you know, we've t- I've talked many times about here how I have kidney issues. Okay. Mm-hmm. My kidneys hurt a lot. But I know the difference between when it's just the normal achy kidney pain versus the, okay, let's pack up and head over to the ER pain. Not true. Yeah, it is. I just pretend it's, I try to ignore it because I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. But I know the okay. difference. So. The next time you ask me, hey, should I go to the ER or should I wait until, you know, whenever? Yeah. And I'm like screaming at you, go to the fucking ER, Rara. Yeah, it's That's not, you pretending? It's not because I don't know the difference. It's because I'm in denial. Okay. Well, it's it's you trying to get me to convince you to go so that you don't have to be like, oh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm just going to go. No, my friend is forcing me to go. Yeah, pretty it's much. different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> but by understanding... What is normal for me and acceptable pain versus what's not? Again, I'm able to communicate with my top, and I know that's when I need to use my safe word because there's a problem. And the same way I'm sure you with electricity, like there's going to be some pain with it. Yeah. But there's the normal pain and the abnormal pain. 
Yeah, and it's, uh, again, it just depends on who, how, what implement, what you're doing, how you're feeling that day. There's tons of different factors. So, like, your skin could be more sensitive for whatever reason that day. And you just need to know and you need to pay attention to what your body is saying. And then you need to communicate that. Mm -hmm. Speaking of communicating that, one of the things that I hear a lot about, too, is bottoms. They don't want to use safe words, right? They're afraid to use safe words. They don't want to disappoint their top. They don't want the scene to end. They're afraid to use their safe words. I think we've discussed this as well. But Do not. But here is where... How you use your safe word may take away some of that fear. You don't want the scene to end? Then communicate your safe words in such a way it might not end. And that's where I say things like yellow with that toy, yellow with that spot. If the top understands I need to avoid that toy for a while, then it's more likely the scene will get to continue versus having to stop. If I say Mm -hmm. yellow on that spot, again, They'll avoid that spot, which means the scene can continue. So the more information you can give, the more specific information you can give, the more likely your scene will not end, and the more likely you don't have to worry about disappointing your top. Which, by the way, is a caveat. If your top is disappointed in you for using the safe words, fuck them and get rid of them. But that's a whole other story. That's that's one of those not good tops we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. But again, this is for your own headspace of I don't want to disappoint them I don't want to I don't want the scene to end the more specific well, I can kind of understand there sometimes like with with daddy for example I desperately don't want to disappoint him like ever it, mm-hmm. it's almost a physical pain when I disappoint yeah. him and I get that face so I try to do whatever I can to avoid that um except for when I'm bratting but then it's not disappointment it's more like play mm-hmm. so my headspace in that is is pretty similar and it's hard to drag yourself out of that. So, like, we get it. It's very hard. We're just trying to give you a different way, a different perspective, so that you can give yourself a reason to drag yourself out of that headspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having total awareness of your body and knowledge of the risks associated with different types of play has enabled me to push my limits. Because... By knowing all the different possibilities, that helps allay any fears. Um, By knowing that I have strengthened my communication skills so I can share information has also helped allay any fears. So I've been able to add over the years paddles with spikes and needle play and staples because I have just so much more of a better understanding of the amount of pain that I can and cannot handle. I'm able to do more intricate rope suspensions because I know which pain is okay and which isn't. I know when there's, okay, it's going to hurt right this minute until I'm pulled the rest of the way up because in as I'm being suspended, I'm like, demonstrating it because Dara can see my hand movements. I know you guys can't. Yeah, and I'm but- like, they can't see you, Rara. They're not going to know what the fuck you're talking about. Right, so I'm going to try to describe it. She's like, she's pulling her hands up like a pulley. Right? When you, so they tie you with rope, and now they pull the main rope, which pulls your body up off the ground. I, I still just Because I'm Jewish. You have to talk with your hands. It's a part of it all. <laughs> hey, hey, Italians do that too. And you, well, we're very similar. Very. Right? We both, like, 
you know, everybody communicates you're with sad, food and hands. You're happy, celebrate with food. You're angry, eat yeah. it, calm you down. Absolutely. Manja, manja. Yeah. Um, but I know as I'm being lifted, right, the weight distribution is such that it's going to hurt a little bit more for the couple of seconds until I'm up and in position. And I know mm-hmm. that now. So I'm able to not panic and go, oh, my God, it hurts, it hurts, stop, red. I know if you just take a deep breath and wait it out, that pain's going to go away. So because I'm aware of all this information now, because I have taken the responsibility to learn all of this, I can do more, which is pretty fucking exciting. It's really all about knowing yourself, gathering data, understanding yourself, your reactions, your pain thresholds, your tolerance. And again, with that word, it's always there, communicating it. That's the C word. Man, what are we going to do? I don't know. How do we How do we not have that? No, we don't. No. no. It's never going away, guys. It is never, ever going away. Right. And that's good. We need it. Yeah. Now, having said all of this, right? None of this, my taking on the additional response, personal responsibility, none of this absolves my top of their responsibilities. Correct. It just adds an additional layer of safety, which benefits everybody. The tops that I work with, of course, continue to be vigilant or I wouldn't play with them. They continue to put forth the effort from their side or again, I wouldn't play with them. Right, but our wasn't it the yeah. the top that marked you with the whip? I remember the scene, and I remember them stopping and trying to be like, "Oh, hey, yeah, right. you know." So that was good. That was a very good reaction. Everything Rara is saying, it never negated the top being mindful and observant and aware of everything that was going on. It just, like she said, her understanding of it and being able to communicate with it helped gives the scene an extra boost an extra level of safety for everybody involved well it's a team effort and that's how people should look at a scene it's a team effort what benefits one benefits the other see they're not about just the bottom or just the Mm -hmm. top it's it's what works for both of them right and it makes it makes my tops feel better to know that I am putting in the same effort that they are into making sure the scene is good. I mean, absolutely. in the sense of any of this, when you're bottoming, don't get into your head that, well, I'm just laying there and they're doing this to me. No, you are each participating in the scene. You're just participating differently, but you're each a part, an equal participant in this scene. Gonna make a little analogy. Okay. How much fun is it if you just lay there and take it during sex and don't participate? Like vanilla sex. Yeah. It's not. At least not for most people. Like mm-hmm. the participation aspect is what makes it. Great. Unless you're into that. In which case, if you're not participating and that's your kink, that's different. <laughs> that's different. I can see this, but anyway, the, the analogy, analogy still, still stands. Still works. The, the participation part is where it's fun. Okay. Don't you want your participation trophy? 
I have so many participation trophies because, like I said, I am such a fucking klutz. I wasn't actually allowed to play in any games, but I was part of the team, and the team did good, so I got a participation trophy. There you go. True millennial. (laughs) (laughs) They're all at my mom's house. It's ridiculous. It's all good. (sighs) I'd get hit in the face too many times. The tops that I work with appreciate all of this, the body awareness, the extra communication, our scenes are able to last longer because I'm able to communicate. Don't use that toy right now. And so they don't have to call the scene. It can keep going. It's more fun for everybody. It solidifies my personal reputation as a good, fun bottom to work with. And that's cool. You hear a lot, oh, well, you should work with that person. They're like, work with Dara. She really knows her electricity. She's great. Work with that person. They really know their needles or that person. They really know this. You don't often hear about people saying, oh, you should really top this person because as a bottom, they're awesome. Yeah, that's not a normal thing to say in the in the community, right? I think. But it's the coolest thing. When people, It is when it actually happens. Right? Yeah. When people come to me. And say, I really want to top you for an impact scene. I've heard I heard you're awesome. Right? Isn't that cool? That's got to be pretty pretty fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And ego boosting. And we don't need Rara's head any more ego boosted. Why not? Praise kink. It's a praise kink, bitch. Okay. All right. (laughs) Don't yum my yum. Oh, Rara, do you know me? <laughs> For you, I will always yuck your yum. Bitch. Hey, yeah. it's my kink. I know. <laughs> so I don't say for um. <laughs> Oh, God. But oh. So, so my reputation as a good bottom is solidified. I, they feel more comfortable scening with me. If I say to one of my top, even my regular tops, okay, let's push it this time. Let's try more or something new. They feel comfortable and confident in trying that something new and challenging the two, uh, the two of us because they have faith in my ability to communicate, to know that I haven't said, let's try something new without understanding the risks. Mm-hmm. All of that. That's always a plus. Yeah, all of that makes my scenes better. And isn't that really all we want at the end of the day, to have more and better scenes? All I can tell you is from a top's perspective, that's fantastic. When I have somebody that can really tell me all of that information before a scene, it makes it so much better and so much easier and enjoyable for me. Yeah. So, win-win. Everybody wins. And that's all we care about. Everybody, well, that's all Ra Ra cares about is winning, but you know. But I want us all to win. I know. I don't need Damn to it, Ra Ra, you ruined it. Sorry, because everybody thinks like, yes, I turn on this competition. It's not necessarily that I need you all to lose. I just want to win. And if you want to win too, we can all be winners. I'm okay with us all being winners. She's cool if people win loser. with her. She just has to win. I just want to be a loser. <laughs> But final words for me, because I haven't talked enough about this in this episode. I was going to say, oh my God, she's still going. All right. It's me. Why are we surprised that I'm still going? 
It's not a TikTok live, Rara. You don't have to go for three hours. No. Uh, an hour seems sufficient, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. What are your final words? Thank you. My final <laughs> words are... <laughs> You're just so mean. Do you see how mean she is? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just she looked like... I was looking at her and she's like... Thank you. She did this little <laughs> bow. Like I am royalty. I am a princess. And she's saying she you. just nodded her head in the royal bow. You know, like I acknowledge your acknowledgement. Thank you. Thank you. She has to practice that little hand curve wave thing. Yeah, that. I tell people I am a princess, a real princess. This is not just a title I've taken up. Yeah, no, y'all should probably start believing her because the <laughs> shit that I have to put up with from her princessness. Final thoughts. Yes, anyways. Final thoughts on this (laughs) is if you want to be a better bottom. Yes, you're going to let me finish this properly. Okay. If you want to be a better bottom, the best thing that you can do is to know yourself. Ask questions and be an active participant in your scenes. End of story from me. You want to give final thoughts? Nope, that was it. That covered it. All right. I gave my final thoughts 10 minutes ago when I thought we were done. <laughs> You're so silly. You act like this is a <laughs> surprise to you. We've been at this for over a year. We're in episode you 60 act like, something. Why do you act like this is a surprise? You act like it's a surprise that I'm going to make fun of you for literally everything. <laughs> We've been doing this for over a year. Why do you act like this is a surprise? <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Look, we're doing an episode on bottoms, and I'm trying really hard to make sure you get to talk, too. I mean, I did stuff from the top's perspective, but I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Good job, Rara. Thank you. You did thank so you. good. Pat, pat, pat. Thank you so Virtual much. Virtual pat. Okay, I think we're done here. <laughs> She's going to go bask in her afterglow of her acknowledgement of that she did good. Praise King. That's all I'm saying. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it'll be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on social media. On Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, we are Pink Kink Podcast. And on TikTok, we are The Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pink kink podcast and check out our pink kink swag available on our website, pinkkinkpodcast.com. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review Pink Kink Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The five-star reviews really help us. And don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.